Welcome to Let's Chit Chat Sis. This is episode two. This week we talk about mental awareness and mental health during COVID, the election, and just overall help for women of color. Well, good morning today. Uh, thank you for joining Let's Chit Chat Sis. Um, I'm Chauncey. And I'm Kimmy. And uh, we are here this morning. Um, sometimes we record in the evening, but today we decided we're going to record uh, in the morning because we have a special guest on with us today. Um, we've asked our friend Deborah to join us because we're going to touch on the topic of, of mental health in our communities and how our women are doing and how we're feeling and what we're going through and what we're struggling with. Um, and uh, how we're dealing with day-to-day things and how we're dealing with COVID. And as you know, it could just be uh, a plethora (laughs) of things when it comes to mental health, but um, we dare not make sure that we have a professional that's with us. And so um, our friend Deborah has agreed to come on and we're going to allow her to introduce herself and give you a little bit of her background. And uh, then we're going to just kind of dive right in from there. Good morning, Deborah. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you all. And I just want to again thank you for the privilege of, of inviting me on. Um, thank you for coming. I, <laughs> we appreciate really it. Most definitely. We appreciate it. Just to give you a little background about myself, um, my background includes like three different paths that sort of merged together to get me where I am today. I, I started out in the technical field where I was a software engineer for a couple of large corporations and then I was called into the ministry and I went back to school to get my bachelor's and master's in, in Bible and leadership and I've been working um, as assistant pastor alongside my husband, and we've been counseling for over uh, 20 years. And it was in the midst of the pastoral counseling that I saw the need to go back um, to school to get my doctorate in marriage and family therapy because uh, a lot of what we were encountering uh, just required a deeper need and skill set. Um, to deal with uh, people of color, especially. Okay. Uh, a lot of times people of color don't go to professional therapists. They'd rather go see their pastor. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that was the reason why I went back. So I've been really involved in relational counseling uh, for quite a, quite a bit. Okay. Quite a bit. All right. That's really awesome. Good. That is wonderful. And I... I commend you because uh, just like you just said, not only just the need for all of us um, digging in a little bit deeper because, yeah, the old school mentality was that, um, you know, I got an issue. I'll I'll run to my pastor. And so um, that can be um, a blessing, but it can also be a curse. And it could be I I would think that it would be a lot of pressure on on pastors um, because, depending on the size of their congregation, um, people's willingness to come to them. So to go for a more clinical aspect, um, I definitely commend you on that. and It's appreciated. And I certainly hope that um, people are taking advantage of that and using that um, and knowing that you're there. Yes. yes. I, I kind of um, want to just say that I think that when people go to their 
um, pastors and their the first ladies to um, lean on for almost like therapeutical type of um, resources is because I think they're more in touch with their lives, you know, and the spiritual they, side, right? Mm-hmm. And and they can get spiritual guidance. I I can tell you for myself, um, by moving back up to you know the Philadelphia area. Um, I missed having that type of, you know, relationship because um, I think that when I was down south, the the church that I was going to, the pastor that I was under that type of relationship was um, something that you can always count on and to actually go to a, a, a office to say, you know, I, I'm not feeling my best. Um, Sometimes it doesn't feel genuine. You know what I mean? It just feels like they're just waiting to give you a pill and, you know, okay, hear yeah. your story and just, you know, send you on your way. Sometimes it's just a simple fact. I just want somebody to talk to, you know, in whatever circumstances you're going on. But, you know, um, thank you, Deborah, that you are. You are that, that leader and that guidance. And most definitely you are, um, you know, God's vessel that helps a lot of people get to be able to express um, their concerns and their their hardships and, you know, their trials and tribulations. Or just, you know, their guidance of where they, they, they need to have um, that channel of help, you know. So that's that's really a good thing. Um, so, we're again, we're excited to have you here. And, you know, being the, the, the expert that you are, we just want to hear some of the experiences that you may have encountered um, to share with our audience because they may be able to relate to them and also be able to, you know, later send us feedback. But I think the relationship of hearing about things that you may have encountered, um, Deborah, um, with women of color and in our community and things that um, may be challenging in the mental arena that you may be able to give a little, drop a little gems and some jewels to these beautiful women out here that, you know, everything is, um, we may be in this trial and tribulation right now, but there are resources that are here to help them. Yes, yes. Um, I think this pandemic has really affected everyone. Yes. Um, even the mental health professionals, you know, the professionals, they have all been impacted uh, by this pandemic and the isolation, um, and and especially uh, women, women of color. I mean, statistically, uh, African American women suffer with depression at like fifty percent more than our counterparts. So it no. is definitely weighing heavy on us. Mm. Uh, and even me personally, I mean, I think the first couple of weeks we were all in that shock and transition where we had to stay at home and <laughs> from our jobs and, you know, wearing the mask and couldn't go outside. So mm. it has been a really life-changing uh, phenomenon mm. in all of our lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen even clinically in my practice, I've seen um, women, uh, suffer more, like I said, with the depressive and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more alcohol, drug abuse. Wow. I mean, things have just really gone off the chart. Mm-hmm. And for me, it took a lot of intentional uh, fortitude to just 
figure out what is needed and to stick to it. Wow. Um, even relationally, and my husband and I, we're together a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So the pandemic, being locked in the house <laughs> together 24-7 was like, okay, that can put a stress on any relationship. Most definitely. And so for me, it has impacted me, but I've um, taken steps to... Um, to help with that balance. One of the things I've done was, I don't know if you heard of the Breathe model by Kanika Bell. It is such an awesome model for uh, your mental health and to help you. Um, and basically, it's just helping you just breathe. Okay, okay. <laughs> just to breathe, but also to help balance your mental health where um, just intentionally balancing your workload house home and everything and getting that in order um, I found for me just being reflective on my day to day when I say reflective just to take that time just to sit back and think about what happened today where you mm-hmm. want tomorrow to go and, and just the different things that have happened in your life and how can I be better at it um, getting that time Uh, to reflect, but then also reaching out. I think so much of this isolation has caused people to just stay to themselves. And Mm -hmm. we we were created to be in fellowship. And so it's so important for us to reach out to our families and and friends, whether it's virtually on the phone or whatever, but just to have that contact. I know it's not, you know, person-to-person contact right but just even talking on the phone or or using the social media platforms where you can see Mm -hmm. and talk Mm -hmm. um, has been very very helpful and beneficial and I think the biggest thing is just to be transparent uh, with uh, a counterpart whether it's a friend family member or whatever where you can actually talk and say this is what's happening with me right now. Okay. This is where I am. Someone that you can trust and be open with okay. to have that dialogue, um, I think, helps in the midst of this. Okay. And I'm glad that you touched on that because the two things that stuck out for me about what you just said were the breathing. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely be interested in hearing more about that. So I'm an Apple Watch wearer, and there okay. <laughs> there is a um, there's a little thing on the Apple Watch that several times throughout the day, or whenever you can manually start it, but several times throughout the day, it will remind you to just breathe. And so you can adjust it where it might be 30 seconds or a minute. And I think they, you can even adjust it up to four minutes, I believe. And so it has this little um, vibrator within it and it expands and you feel it on your wrist. And that's where you're supposed to be, you know, taking in the breath and then you let the breath out and you just do that for a minute. And it's a reminder. So it's accountability. And so it's funny when you brought that up because... I think sometimes without us even knowing it, we're all, we hold our breath. Right. You you know what I mean? I I find if I'm working out or I'm doing certain things, I find that I do hold my breath. And Mm -hmm. so I would think that even from a physical standpoint or a physiology standpoint, that would affect us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, taking the time to to breathe and for those of us that have had children and given birth what do they tell you to do when you're doing that the breathing technique in Lamaze they teach you breathing to kind of center you so I I think that that was a very um 
strong uh, point about breathing. So I would definitely like to read some more about that. And yes. then um, Jones, one of the things that I really stress, um, I tell people sometimes you have to take a five minute vacation in your mind. Mm. And then uh, there, like you said, I know the Apple Watch has it, but there's so many apps that you can download. Right, meditation app. In that meditation mm. to guide you through. And really, where you, you would just sit there and take a couple of deep breaths yes. and then mentally imagine you at a place that brings you joy right. for me yeah. it's the beach right and right me too breathe <laughs> and i would just think about the waves crashing the salt air just feeling the sun right. and even just closing your eyes and and going through the deep breathing whether you listen to soft music or whatever and just take that time a couple of times a day does wonders yes. for your mental health okay that is amazing wow and yes. it, it it really does make a difference because i mean yes. that i get that from my baths so you know i'm i get in the bathtub so i don't know how many people still take baths anymore but i am a firm right. believer of taking a bath and that's when i go to the beach in my mind because i'm a california girl by heart and you know <laughs> i that's where I am all the time. So yeah, I appreciate that. And then the second thing that stuck out for me is when you were speaking about just speaking to someone and, you know, finding uh, that person that you can be vulnerable with and you can release. But I do believe, especially as women of color, we don't know where to begin. Mm -hmm. How do you start that conversation? Some of us do. But a lot of us may not know where and how to start the conversation with someone so that you can release some of this because it might be so much that's bogged down on you. You don't know where to begin. That's a a really good point. Um, I I can I I just want to jump on that one right there. I think that um, I think it's so challenging because of the role that black women play. I'll just go back for. Um, just I'll just give an example. We are the do all to everybody, and the care that we need for ourselves that's always like third nature. Mm-hmm. So, mentally, you know, that's not a priority. We're taking care of the kids, we're spouse, spouse, work, family members, family members mm-hmm. you know, um, not that no one else is doing that, but you know, women of color, we have it in a different type of um aspect where we're trying to exceed and excel at the same time still facing all these other polarizing challenges and where do we nurture our own mental challenges that we have um i'll speak for myself as as a mom um i have grown kids and i they're grown but they still need my assurance to help them along right you know Mm -hmm. so it's it's a day-to-day um almost rat race you know that you constantly go through and you know you're you're a wife first and foremost you know mm-hmm. you still have to deal with that i don't care what anybody says being a wife in a, a is, is a challenging job alone yeah, you know so um i was just talking to my brother tony about this yesterday just trying to um work from home and my workload is you know it is what it is. It's, it's kind of steep. Um, dealing with trying to make sure that everything in our household is taken care of and feeling so anxious about this 
political polarized situation that's going on. I don't know how everybody else is feeling, but I mean, I'm actually losing sleep just thinking about it. You know, um, I mean, I'm really losing sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night and I just, you know, I can't go back to sleep. But in the morning, I still do the same thing I do every morning. I go out and walk because I exercise every day because it's a a relief for me to exercise. Um, But the things in my mind are still going on, you know. I'm thinking about the what ifs, the what ifs, the what ifs, the what, and I still have to do this. So um, I know it's a whole lot of people like me, right? You right. know, going through these things, and I just don't have the luxury to break down and 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 say, oh, I just need to to take a break or I'm just going to fall apart, you know? Because I think about if I fall apart, my family's going to fall apart, my children going to fall <laughs> apart, you know? And, and I mean, I'm sure you hear people tell you that, you know, but they're really falling apart in some type of aspect. But um, that's how I, you know, just to jump on what you're saying, Chauncey, it's very hard. Um, it's hard and not knowing where to start to when start. we come to someone like you, Deborah. Where. Right. Where where do we start with that conversation? Where can someone begin, especially if they don't even recognize that they're overloaded? That's right. the other thing. So I'm a, I'm gonna let you speak to that. Yeah, that that is so so true. Uh, one of the things that um, I know I talk about a lot is we have to be honest with ourselves first of all, honest in knowing who you are. I mean, we have to. First of all, remove those myths of being, you know, the superwoman or, or strong black woman who can do any and everything. That myth has put such a heavy burden on us that causes us to, we have to produce and we have to do it. And, and it's just not so. So firstly, just being honest with yourself of what your limitations are, what you can and can't do and own it. I mean, it's who you are. And then having that person that is close to you that you can share. But a lot of times I hear women say, I don't trust. I don't have anybody that I can trust. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a big that, one. Mm. Yeah, that may be the reason why they do reach out to uh, whether it be their pastor or a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. But it is taking that step to build that type of relationship. You can't tell, you can't share with anybody. I mean, that's, that's wisdom. You can't just go to anybody and tell them, you know, this is what's bothering me because you just can't. You just can't. And it's really taking that time to find that person, again, whether it's a professional or uh, someone, you know, close to you that you know with wisdom, I can trust this person and I can, I can talk to them and begin that conversation of what's really happening with me. Okay. All right. That is valid. That is, uh, yeah, it's a very, um, a very valid point. And I think sometimes when you sit and you have a conversation with someone that you know and you, you can open up and, like I said, be vulnerable with them because that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do. Um, And everyone doesn't have that, um, or even recognize it. I, I like, like Kimmy was saying, we're just so used to being the be all for everything and everybody that we just don't even know where to begin for ourselves. And so I know that when I am usually a pretty strong person, I'm not really a crier. I'm a crier when you least expect me to be a crier. (laughs) I'm I'm a crier when I start to speak about people who 
um, I admire people who have touched me um, in, in a certain type of way. Um, in a certain setting when I have to speak about them. If it's one-on-one, I'm okay, you know, unless there was a particular situation. But um, but when I have allowed myself in therapy to be vulnerable, I find that I become this huge crybaby. I cannot get this stuff out. And I'm like, okay, is that because I have so much bottled up in me and I've been holding it in all this time so that when it starts to come out, it's a blubbering mess. And so... <laughs> um, I think that women are afraid to be that we're afraid to be that blubbering mess. And so I have appreciated that now that I'm getting older, it doesn't bother me so, so much anymore. And so I am able to release a lot better than I have been in, in my past because I, I don't care if that's where I am. And so when Kimmy was talking about the mind racing and you can't sleep at night, I, for me, you know, I, I had, you know, that Trump derangement syndrome for a very long time and I got over <laughs> that. But <laughs> the, what she's talking about, which is supposed to be another podcast for us in the future, is, is those menopause symptoms and my menopause system to keep me from sleeping at night. So that, that mind racing thing, woo, I can't go back. I have, I have insomnia very bad because of it, but I know that it's attached to that more so than any other anxiety. So I guess if I have a low lining, if that's a thing, low lining anxiety, then when I can't sleep, then that's what's, you know, going through my mind (laughs) racing in the middle of the night. So I won't blame, I won't blame the (laughs) politics on that, but but the worry like she said we have with having adult children um oh, yeah. you know my adult children they're not at home so it's a different type of worry so anybody that thinks that you don't worry about them anymore because they're growing it out the house it's just a different type of worry but I worry about and concerned about my husband, Billy. You know, he works in this every day. And so, um, you know, he takes all the precautions that he's supposed to take. But in the beginning of this, he lost quite a few people that worked with him and for him. And, um, you know, he manages a, a large number of people. And so, yeah, I am concerned about him. I, I don't always show it and I don't always show it to him, but those are the things that I think about at night and, um, you know, just so many other things. But like I said, having someone that you can talk to, having someone you can bounce things off of, cause you would just be surprised what someone else might be willing to share mm-hmm. when you share what you might be going through. Yeah. And so and, you know, there are some people who actually actually have no one. Yeah. No one. Really, really no one. Right. That they really feel comfortable. And in those cases, I always tell people to journal. Sometimes mm. journaling um, your thoughts and feelings in the midst of everything is so cleansing that even though you're not talking to a, another human being, you're able to get it out and you're able to to just rationalize and, and, and go back and forth just by writing and journaling. Okay. That All right. a that's really a great idea. Good one. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a really good one. I mean, cause I know I just like to write therapeutically 
and I go back and read things that I wrote like three years ago. Right. And I love it because I can see transition. Mm-hmm. But just to write to be able to express your emotions on paper okay. is a great way of get releasing. Yeah. I do voice I do voice memos. Ever since voice memos came out, <laughs> I do the voice memos for myself. So like that's my form of journaling. So um, you know, I can write because I love to write. Um and I do that as well. But the voice memos really kind of tell me where where I was at when I recorded mm-hmm. that, what my mind was and what I was thinking about and how crazy I might even sound to myself. <laughs> Um, that's why I really do the voice because, um, I found that that helped if like my husband and I had a disagreement or something like that. And then I vent into that voice memo. I've been able to come back and see, you know what? I was wrong. (laughs) I was the one that was wrong. Um, but I was able to capture that because more so than writing it, I was able to say it and see, like I said, what my mindset is. I don't always react like that with him, but if I get in my feelings later, then yeah. And I record that and I can hear how I sound and I can be like, girl, you was tripping. You were really <laughs> acting a fool or whatever. So um, yeah, journaling is, is, is an awesome idea for people that don't sure that because more so than writing it, I was able to say it and see, like I said, what my mindset is. I don't always react like that with him, but if I get in my feelings later, then yeah. And I record that and I can hear how I sound and I can be like, girl, you was tripping. You were really <laughs> acting a fool or whatever. So um, yeah, journaling is, is is an awesome idea for people that don't have someone to talk to or feel like they don't have anyone um, to go to and to share with or, or don't have the resources. And so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So Deborah, let me ask you a question too. Um, with people that do not have anyone that they can go to, can you recommend some resources? Um, you gave great ways for them to utilize things for themselves, but if there are other resources for them to actually utilize in the aspect of helping them to reach out. Because sometimes, I'll just say it for myself, um, I'm one of those introverted but social people, if you <laughs> know what that is. You know, I, I, I enjoy being by myself most of the time. Um, but the things that do bother me, um, I kind of fight that battle alone. But I know that if I had issues that I definitely needed to have someone to talk to, I have a couple people that, and, and even I could talk to my, my sis right here, Chauncey, about things that are bothering me. Um, but when we say a person that has nobody, you know, it makes me think they're, they could be in such a dark place, you know, that they would probably need more more help, you know, than journaling or um, voice uh, recording for themselves because I'm really concerned that we're already in this isolated type of environment now that people um, have to utilize every means and resource that they possibly can. You know, um, I know what my family does and I know Chauncey's family does this too. We, We do Zoom calls and stuff too 
keep the um, you know the communication, be able to see each other, so on, and it, it helps, and it doesn't allow us to talk personally, but you know we let each other know that we are here for each other, so on and so on. Um, but I just think about a person that doesn't have that. I, I think about people that I look on my social media page and I know that they are in this dark space because I can tell what they're writing, you know. Um, and they're probably going to listen to this. What other means could we say, hey, um, try these little small exercises, but if you feel here's, like you can't here's focus an avenue. enough yeah, to here's do an that, avenue. What can you do? Is it an app or something like that that'll get you on your way? Yeah, um, there. I mean, there are different apps as far as, um, like I say, doing meditation or even, like you say, apps with of just journaling. But for someone who is going through uh, where they can't, they don't have anyone, I really recommend them that they reach out to a mental health professional. Um, even uh, just trying to get a support group. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that some people, like you say, are introverted and they don't like reaching out, but now most of the support groups are online where you can have some type of anonymity where, um, but you can also talk and, and, and have that connection. Mm -hmm. So I would really recommend beyond an app to reach out to um a mental health professional or a support group. There are so many that have formed, especially since COVID, mm -hmm. virtually where you can actually talk and 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 get maybe the support that you need uh, by someone. That that's an awesome recommendation because I I even have friends that I think this would be an awesome suggestion because like we talked about, we're in this COVID environment. Um, People are even now having challenges um, with relating to their spouses, you know what I mean? Because you're with them all the time. You know, everybody's now working from home, so now you see your spouses more. Things that you probably didn't deal with before, you have to deal with now. Um, and it's becoming more of a challenge, you know. So um, I really appreciate, you know, you giving these, these type of suggestions to um, have people just try to, you know, go a little bit further, join social groups, um, engage in, in with other people that are in similar type of situations as well. Yes, yes. And just like um, we have to take a break from the news, sometimes, again, and you mentioned, Kimmy, that you take a break by going walking in the morning. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even doing that, aside from your spouse just getting out in that fresh air and the mm -hmm. sun and and walking exercise does wonders for your mental health so mm -hmm. just that movement um can help lift your 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 spirits yeah uh, it does when i tell you i um i walk almost five miles every morning and i don't care the weather i can have on a rain hat or whatever but it is so therapeutic to walk. Um, except for the other day when that hurricane was going through. <laughs> my husband said, don't you go out there being crazy. <laughs> I don't want to have to come find you. You want to help in somebody's tree. <laughs> so, you know, that's probably one of the rare occasions. And I mean, I'm not walking real fast. I'm walking. I'm listening to music. I listen to Bible verses. I do a lot of things just walking in the morning 
it takes me a long time, but you know, I, <laughs> I get around it. But I feel so much better, you know, and my day, you know, I have energy all day and my day is, um, I feel like my day is up and running and I, my mind is clear. So even if I um, didn't sleep well, because like Chauncey said, that menopause sleep is... Um, it's brutal. It's brutal. So um, some days, you know, that walk helps me get that extra push. But most importantly, it's time that I can actually reflect. So um, that's a, a good thing in, in my life that I, I actually can do. So, yeah. Um, Deborah, have you talked to anyone who has... Um you were saying about, uh, and I thought about this, and I've heard about it and read about it as well, um, the increase in the, the drug and alcohol because of COVID. Um, so people who might already um, be recovering, um, this w- might be a time that might, you know, um, cause them to slip. Mm-hmm. Or for people who were just on the border who might have been social with whatever they were doing has now become a little more than just social drinking or recreational drug use is <laughs> becoming a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know if we have anyone in our audience that that is going through that, but what would be your recommendation for them as well? Um, again, I know you notice when everything was shut down. Uh, I'm talking about like, you know, the movies and the restaurants, you know, the uh, liquor stores were open. Yep. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and, and again, I understand, you know, a lot of people who are, whether it's social or they are hooked on alcohol, it is a real issue, especially the withdrawal. Right. Um, and so even during this time, I know in the beginning, a lot of whether it be NA or AA, uh, places they were closed because of the social distancing. Now they are open. Okay. Um, virtually, you mm-hmm. can uh, get a group every day, several times a day, somewhere. Okay. And it's great because it's virtual, so you don't have to physically go. I just think it's important whether you were going to a group or, like you say, a, a mental health professional that you were talking to to uh, keep that up. Okay. Uh, even with therapy, everybody has gone virtual, so it's not an issue or an excuse where I can't get mm-hmm. to my therapist. Okay, okay. But um, anyone that is suffering, I encourage you. Now, there are some places that are starting to open up with minimal people, you know, with masks and everything. Right. But if you don't feel comfortable, go online. They are out there. Okay. All AANA groups virtually where you can uh, get connected and get a sponsor to help you because you need someone to walk with you during that time. You yes. need that accountability. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Then, yeah, no, I, I, I would think that that would be very important. And I um, now do, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? If if they're able to connect with them and, and connect with them virtually, do you think that that has an impact on them? Um, do you think that some of them still really need or desire that in-person contact? Do you think that there's a difference? Oh, there's definitely a difference. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a difference where you need that in-person uh, contact. But in lieu of that, right. um, um, that's the next best thing. Right, okay. But uh, again, uh, the alcohol and drugs, that's a different type of animal where okay. they have to really want 
to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Regardless. And, mm-hmm. So they have to be the one to take that initiative to reach out and to be consistent with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to someone else, you know, suffering with some other type of disorder. Okay. Right. All right. And then um, ha- has it been... Um, I know because drugstores are still open and, you know, we've had that availability. Um, but even in cities where they've had the rioting and the looting, um, the drugstores and stuff have, have, um, been affected as well. How can someone who, um, is taking medication for a mental health issue, um, how can they cope in situations like that if, they're in a neighborhood where there's been looting or rioting and um, their drugstore is affected. And I only ask that because we have a drugstore very close to our house, literally almost like our backyard. And um, with some rioting that was happening, some looting that was happening uh, recently in the last week or so, we walk outside and there's a bunch of medication bottles from Rite Aid all over the ground and, you know, because someone had broke in. What would you suggest if there are people that are depending on that and they need that for mental stability? Yeah, um, and it's unfortunate that um, that is happening, but they have to call um, their uh, doctor's office mm-hmm. and, and get that medicine um, script uh, redone to a different uh, pharmacy. Okay. And hope there's one that delivers. Oh, oh yes, mm-hmm. delivery. Okay. It, yeah, so they can get their medication. It's, it's it's really unfortunate, but so many people, that has affected so many people yeah. who don't have transportation to go drive to another pharmacy. Exactly. And so that's where, that's what I thought of. In addition to seniors, that's what I thought of when I saw that. It happened, you know, a few months back right after uh, the incident with George Floyd in, in a lot of cities. And it, again, that same store near my house Walked out my door to walk the dog, and I'm like, "Why is there medicine all over the floor?" That that thought never even crossed my mind. It never thought, I never thought that someone would break into a pharmacy and just, okay, we're gonna loot the pharmacy, and because now we're just looking for this. So I, um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad that you you brought that up. So already people who might be doing. you know, getting their medication through the mail, this would be an opportunity for them to, to do that as well so that they right. can stay leveled and, and stay um, on their proper dosages and stuff like that. So, yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Um, yes. And um, are there any other areas that, that, that you see that um, maybe we're not hitting on or talking about or... Um, that you've seen come through that, that, that people should be aware of? Um, I mean, that they should be aware of. I know we haven't really talked about the uh, partner abuse. Partner, okay. It's really been on the rise during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Relationship uh, where because people are being isolated together, it has really created a prison for women mm, okay. where they were at least going to work and getting out of the house gave them some relief of the physical abuse that they were encountering. And now that they're shut in, okay, um, that has really been a major issue I um, see. with that. And I know the hotlines for... IPD have been off the off, off the, the chart. I see. Uh, again, I just encourage 
anyone who suspects or is aware of someone who may be in that situation to uh, to make that call for them and okay. for those who are in that situation, uh, okay. it's important to uh, reach out and not just stay stuck. Okay. All right. And know that there are avenues and still uh, resources for them as well. Yes. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up because yeah, that, because that that's how we, we lash out, you know, some of us in our, our challenges, our, our mental health struggles, um, lashing out is, is, is part of that. And so, um, and it can go either way. Uh, some of our women and, and some of our men who are being abused or, um, right. you know, right. our children and things of that nature and just neglecting because, either we, we can't handle those the stresses that we're under or we've just checked out. I think a lot of people are just checking out. I, you know, I kind of vegged out in the beginning. I, I just didn't do anything. I, I was hearing friends talking about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm going to learn a language and I'm going to do... I didn't do nothing in the beginning other than work. I just worked. I was like, okay, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm just, but then I did after so much time, it was like, okay, yeah, you really got to get it together. And, you know, Kim and I have been talking about the podcast for like the past year or so. And so we kind of knew that it would be starting later, but nonetheless, yeah. situation has already escalated mm. to a position where it's really bad. And um, I can tell you, like Chauncey said in the beginning, I wasn't doing anything. I was just eating. And just, <laughs> I was having fun in the beginning because I was, you know, I just told you I'm introverted. So staying home, I was working from home, eating sandwiches. And then I was like, okay, I got to get myself together. This is going in the wrong direction. <laughs> but, um, you know, as far as like my spouse, you know, um, I could, you know, I started to feel a certain way about seeing him all the time, you know, it wasn't a bad way, but it wasn't a, a an affectionate way either. You know, I had to start to appreciate that, you know, my husband is a good husband and, you know, but I used to like snap at him over crazy stuff because I was seeing him all the time. Keep in mind, I used to be gone from six in the morning to five in the evening every day. So now I see you all day. So I'm irritated <laughs> with little things, you know what I mean? And, you know, why you put that away? Why you did you know, just, just things that I wouldn't see him do because he normally works from home, you know, right. that I wouldn't see him do. And I know he probably would say, oh, Lord, have mercy. Why is she here? You know? <laughs> so we kind of like switched off several times where, I worked in another room and then I came back in this room, you know, it was, it was, you know, we had to get our, our perfect mix, but, um, needless to say, it, it wasn't, um, smooth sailing always, but I mean, we've been together for a long time and we, we kind of know each other and we know when we're irritated with each other, we need to back know, off, back right. off. And, mm -hmm. but you know, some people, um, that's not it. That's a relationship thing, but abuse is something totally different. You know, right. that's something where, you know, the respect boundaries have been broken, and it's it's not even to the point where we can try to communicate and get back on the same page. So I'm glad you you're touching on that because if anybody um, needs assistance, can you you know give recommendations for assistance in in that aspect, um, Deborah? Yes, I mean, the um, 
first of all, reaching out is one. Okay. Uh, like I said, whether it's to a friend or not, but calling the hotline um, is definitely a, a, an option, um, which is 1-800-799-SAFE. Uh, it's easy to remember, 800-799-SAFE. To, uh, wow, I to never knew that. In that mm -hmm. area. But what you said, even with relationships, I think everything, everything, whether it's a disorder or, or anxiety, whatever, it all starts with exercise. Mm -hmm. okay. I was going to bring it right around to something very simple that even in the midst, we all have to get out. We have to exercise. We have to get our bodies moving to help our mental health, physical, mm -hmm. okay. and then eating right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. eating a good diet. I know we all like to blame COVID for this weight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do that. No, we ain't going to say that. Dr. D, I can't say that. <laughs> we, have to, we have to blame, you know, but... I'll blame the pause. Because like, that affects everything, relationships and everything. And mm -hmm. even for me, I know in the beginning, just like you can, I was eating everything that went Everything. <laughs> Listen. that person to push like no you're, you're doing this okay um, is so beneficial mm -hmm. so even in relationship and I said all of that because that even helps with uh, relationships mm -hmm. uh, helping with the mental uh, with the walking the exercise eating right and then even coming up with uh, creative ways to get along and I say that because I always push date night, but a lot of people say, well, we can't do date night because there's nowhere to go. Um, but being creative at home mm -hmm. um, and, and creating that date night. So when you're creative with that, you also have to get creative of how we're going to exist in this house 24-7 and be happy. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. To be able to open up that conversation and, okay, this is, and this is really stressing couples' communication skills because a lot of times we don't talk about these little things. Right. That aggravate us again because we're gone nine, ten hours a day. Yeah. And see, and we're coming from an aspect, you know, the three of us, we're fortunate because what did we just say? We're working from home. Um, so right. I said, my husband is still out there in the field. So from a financial aspect, you know, our, our homes are kind of still operating in, in the same capacity, but what about those who are hungry because they're not working? They don't have that income coming in. And so, um, the stresses of that, um, the arguments from that, and, you know, who's got what, who's bringing in what, you know, what are we going to do, how we lash out because we don't know what direction to turn to, just... Um, you hit on a good one. Yeah, I, I'm, I, listen, I just, um, I know because, you know, everybody didn't qualify for the unemployment money, and those yeah. who should have gotten it didn't get it, and here we are six and a half months into this thing and, you know, we just don't know which way to turn. Thankfully, some of the jobs have come back 
And uh, we talked about eating. I know that we help keep the restaurant industry afloat in my house, even with just the two of us. <laughs> um, but listen, deliveries and stuff like that. So, um, but again, we're, we're fortunate in that aspect and everyone is not. And so um, just even coping with all of that, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, my heart is um, going out and we try to do our part the best way we possibly can. And, yeah. um, but there's so many more, food, like you said, food shelters that have seen an increase. Oh my gosh. Of, you know, like you said, people who had jobs. Yes, exactly. Find themselves. That is so devastating. Um, to have to go to, you know, food shelters or, or, you know, different pantries to just to get something to eat. Right. Exactly. And I guess, I know it may sound like a strange question, but do you think that, um, you know, cause we weren't around, uh, and you know, when the, in the depression, the great depression, but do you think that some people are, are handling it better because it's not just isolated to them and it's happening to so many, if, if that sounds like a strange question. That they're handling the what, COVID better or relationship. Um, all of it. We're hand, they may be dealing with a little bit better because it's not just them. So you know how sometimes you might think it's just you or, you know, in just your household that's being affected. But when you know it's all these other ones that are being affected as well. I mean, having nothing to eat or, or struggling financially is still a struggle. But when you know that there are others going through the exact same thing. And we do know that there are others going through exact same thing because we see it every day. Right, right. And then we can find some type of familiarity or, yeah, or, or the, with that. Yeah, do you think that that makes a difference or no? Just because I'm just talking about myself, I'm only concerned about me and mine. <laughs> I think that you hit a valid point, but I think that probably in the depression, you probably, um, I'll talk about people of color. You know, I think we probably was a little bit different in the depression because you know i think the family unit is totally different than the family unit is now so yeah i kind of think that um we're probably doing worse (laughs) (laughs) i mean really because i think we're not as um i think about like my grandma you think about your grandma you know they were was a little bit more cohesive you know as a family unit and you can eat a pot of beans and be happy and you know you ain't going because you know you wasn't complaining you right. were sitting down be quiet and there wasn't all that going on this is a different time and people are just a little bit more different especially even in a family unit you know that we, we probably need to try to um, come back together in some aspect of um, family unity you know and and in trying times, you know, um, that's what makes it really hard because of, I see a lot of family division on top of the COVID, COVID, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. So you, you out here alone and you, you trying to survive, no job, you know, it could be a, almost a, like a perfect storm and, um, and mentally you, you're trying to survive, you know, you're trying to survive and, um, I think that we hit a lot of good points on this today. So um, I don't know if you have a recommendation for that, like the family unit, you know, how we, you know, we're surviving as a family unit in this, these times. But 
I think it's different. You make a valid point, Chauncey, but when I think about that, I think about my grandma. I think about, you know, the story she she went through the depression. I didn't go through depression. I'm, I'm too young for that, but just the story she talked about um, and how we, um, they were resilient, you know. Yeah. I think we're resilient in a different aspect, um, but I think the, their resiliency was something to, you know, really admire. I mean, I wasn't in that time, but just to speak for that, of her story she would tell. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a little different um, because we as a people are different. Mm-hmm. The culture is di- different for us. Um, everything is a little different. I'm not saying better or worse. Right, right. I'm just, I'm just saying that it it's is, different. It is different. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And what would you, I think one of the final notes I would hit on, what would you recommend? Um, I mean, kids, you know, everyone has a different age group for children and stuff like that. But what would you recommend for some of the, the families to do um, when it comes to their children? Because we're, they're educating them at home. I know um, my son and his family, uh, his daughters, their school age fifth grade and fourth grade and um when we first went into this their zoom classes were you know a couple of times a week for an hour whereas now um because they knew we'd go into the school year this way Uh you know they're on for several hours a day every day sitting at a computer um you know trying to keep one in one room and one in the other room and i'm almost positive that is a whole nother type of stress uh, i'm grateful yeah i'm grateful i don't have to experience it right now but, <laughs> I'm so but my mind because i'm thinking about my kids at that age and you know what we would have had to do i homeschooled my daughter for high school but i can't imagine if they were both small and trying to to navigate that and having to make sure that the internet is working god forbid there's some sort of storm or you know, we we saw the video recently of um, the mom who was, had no clothes on, <laughs> so she, and, and the little boy and the teacher was like, "Oh my gosh, you have no clothes on!" <laughs> and the little boy was just sitting there chilling because he was used to he that. was used to that. But the other boy literally looked like I was concerned he was dead the way he was asleep on the Zoom call. <laughs> so. <laughs> And that's who she was trying to wake up. But, and then the mom walks in on the other kid and I was just like, oh my gosh. So all of that, I can't even begin to think like what to say to, to my son and his family. Like, I'm just like, what can I do to help is all I can really seem to say. But I, I see him, he's going out and he's working and um, you know, his significant other is, is, is home, but she's got, you know, the, the children and she's got her mother that she cares for. So they have a lot on their plate in yes. addition to all of this. So I, what recommendation would you have for the young families out there? The young uh, patience. You have patience. to really, really dig deep inside because, um, you are being really stressed, um, right now. And I think it's good for, just like you say, as for grandmothers or whatever, to really help and reach out, or even just people who've seen the young families struggle. It is a great pressure um, in, in helping them not only to deal with the day-to-day, but to be creative 
and and keep so to speak the children entertained or structured throughout the day so they're not just sitting at a screen and then going from the screen to the video games right right but getting out they need exercise too they need to get out in the fresh air too okay um they need to have some type of routine and structure created that was not there before because you sent them to school um i think one of the most important things whether it's for the children or the adults you have to create a structured routine on a daily basis and stick to it okay and it should include of all of those things the getting out the exercising the getting up from the the screen x amount of after x amount of minutes to stretch you okay know, to, right. to, to twist to do something to help keep those juices flowing mm-hmm. um you know in, in your mind and so um along with the consistency of a routine, just getting that extra help, outside help, you know? Hey, okay. I'll watch the kids for a couple hours. You just go yeah. take a ride. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Okay, all right, then that that's definitely a good idea, and I will talk to them about that. Because um, in the spring, you know, my, my granddaughter had gotten a little bit behind on her schoolwork, so mm-hmm. I told my son... He's like, Mom, you know, she's got seven classes online and they were only meeting with the teacher at that point, you know, a couple of times a week. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'll help, you know, don't send me that new math, whatever you do. I'll take some classes, but do not send me math. I didn't do it with you guys (laughs) because I don't do new math and I'm not going back to college to learn how to do new math. I'm just not doing it. But I took a couple of, yeah, because it's the new math. Um, I took a couple of classes. classes I said you tell me what what you need help in so I took like English and religion and social studies those are the ones I decided to help my granddaughter with and you know I did find out I wasn't smarter than a fourth grader but I did remember some stuff but um yeah so I the recommendation so getting up making sure that they have a conversation with those teachers that what type of break are these kids getting in between these classes, making sure they get up, move around, get a little snack or whatever. Cause, um, I do believe the teacher said for one of my granddaughters, I think she might be playing video games while she's on with me. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, kids are, kids, kids will are find kids. a way, I kids mean, will find a way to help their mental health. But, um, Shoot, I whatever works for them. I mean, I'll be playing a video game or something. I need something to keep me right. focused. But yes, no, I will definitely share those practices. And the number that you shared earlier, Dr. Deborah, it was 1-800-799-HELP. Safe. Safe. I'm sorry. Safe. 799. 1-800-799-SAFE. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew about that number. It's well... That's a a very important number. Thank you so much. Yeah, I will definitely recap it at the end. And we have taken enough of your time. We appreciate, and we could not even dig into all that we wanted to because we could be here all day. All day. Um, But I thank you so much. Um, And it was a pleasure and an honor having you here. Um, Thank you so much for reaching out. And, um, you know, you just recap... um, your visit with us and anything that you would like the audience to know. And, you know, if someone wants to um, get in touch with you, we can definitely let them know that they can reach out to our email and we can forward that information over to you. And if you're willing to accept that from them. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. If anyone is in need of help, again, part of our our church fellowship, we have the nonprofit where we have a family crisis uh, center. So, if anyone wanting that information from you, okay, we can share it. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for that. Amen. And um, that is awesome. And we appreciate we appreciate um, you being here. This was here. an awesome episode. I mean, when I say I can't wait to people sit down i hope they are having a nice cup of tea and listen you know not this at this type of episode is an episode that you you sit somewhere and you're relaxing right you know right because you want to get it all in and you know um when i actually start promoting i'm just going to really push that because i don't want you to miss none of it (laughs) because it's too many important aspects in this 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 episode that you don't want to miss. This covers, you know, from being that wife, you know, that may need um, help. This covers, you know, you as the person, the, the woman needing help, the family, the children, you know, the whole gamut. It covers everything. And I really appreciate, Deborah, how you just broke it down. You gave resources, phone numbers, everything that you can go to and be a go-to for help in this um, tumultuous time, you know, and there is no um, reason why people should not say, you know what, I'm, um, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Because I need some guess help. what? I'll tell anybody. I may not know you, and probably that's that's probably the best. But if you want to talk to me, I will talk to you. You know, <laughs> I may send you to Deborah, but I'll talk to you. <laughs> I'll talk to you because you know that's just I don't want people to hurt. You know right. What I mean, I, I I just want you to to feel better because I know that I've been on that walk where I hurt um, in situations and I had to I had to seek um, professional care. I had to seek my ministry. I had to seek my family, but I did it. I seeked out these 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 avenues and these venues for me to feel whole again. So. Like I say, if you want to talk to me, like I know, I'm gonna send you to Deborah because she's the yes. expert. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely listen to you. And listening is a fundamental skill that people definitely need. So um, thank you so much. Thank um, you. And thank we you. Appreciate you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> we will talk soon. Thank you again so much. And um, you know we are um, forever grateful. And um, you are part of the Let's Chit Chat family. So we appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you again so much, Dr. Deborah. You have a wonderful day and our best to the family, okay? Thank you. You too, both. Thank you. Well, that was a great episode. That really was. I really... I I knew that she would be good. And just because, you know, for people that may not know, she happens to be the first lady of my church. So I'm very, very proud. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm grateful for her coming on and sharing um, her knowledge. And we, we just we just touched on things. So um, we want everybody to know that we didn't really um, anticipate having a two to three to four hour podcast because we could have definitely gone more, more in depth into each of these topics. But Absolutely. we just wanted to give you a gist of um, what's available, what the resources that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, she provided the phone number for um, 
people who may be in abusive situations and I never knew about that number so it is 1-800-799-SAFE as in S-A-F-E and when I look at my key my keypad I will tell you what those numbers translate to 1-800-799-7500 so that's 1-800-799-7233. And so if you need help, please reach out to that number. Do not hesitate. Um, and they will help you with the resources that you need. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. If anyone is struggling, feel free to email us. Feel free to reach out to us on our platforms on Instagram and on Facebook. Let's Chit Chat Sis. And, um, you know, reach out to Kim and I direct for those that know you, for those that know us, for those that don't, um, please do not hesitate. Um, if you uh, heard uh, Dr. Deborah, she was speaking with us today and she gave you some comfort, um, please feel free to reach out and we can provide you with her contact information as well. But uh, we have a lot of things that are going on in the world right now. A lot of us have a lot of things that are going on in our family. So mm -hmm. not just with COVID, but with the daily, daily struggles that we deal with, um, the aging parents and the, um, the sicknesses that are outside of COVID that we have to deal with. Some of you still have to have um, dialysis and chemo treatments and things of that nature. So we just, um, we're, we're prayerful and we're praying for all of you and, we ask that you do the same for us. Um, but again, we are here. We're here if you need us. Um, and uh, we will definitely guide you uh, where you need to go mm -hmm. if you need professional help. Um, so um, we thank you for joining us today. And next um, week? Next week, we're, we're going to be talking be about self-care. We're going to have yeah. self-care. Yes. We're going to tell you all the things that you can do in this COVID world to take care of you. Yeah. You know, um, Making sure that you are um, putting yourself in a position because self-care is necessary. It's not something that should be optional. So we want to tell you different things that me and Chauncey do to take care of ourselves. And um, it's going to be a little lighthearted. I think next week when we need something lighthearted. We don't know what next week's going to bring us. So. Right. Um, we, we definitely <laughs> want to be a little lighthearted. Most definitely. And this is the weekend prior to the general election. So we are reminding everyone who has not had the opportunity to early vote to vote. If you are in a state or a city that is offering early voting, try to get in as soon as you can to do that voting. But if not, we ask that you hit those polls on Tuesday, November 3rd, vote as if your life depends on it because it does. And One way or the other. Stand in line. Don't go to the poll. Get discouraged because you see the line wrapped around the building. Just know that it is something that you have to endure, but it is for your life. It's for your children. It's for your legacy. It's for 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 laws that are being created that be that may not be something you understand right now or you're not even engaged in but we have judges we have all types of um things that are happening as we speak and the the right to vote is something that came with bloodshed and i say this to my children i say this to anybody and i just 
want to end this in a very um, serious note where the right to vote is something that we don't want to take lightly. So if you have to stand out there a little longer, bring you a sandwich, bring you some water, bring you some juice or something, a snack or something like that. Just be prepared to wait and stand out there. Don't give up the fight. You know, stand be out patient. there. Be patient. Be patient. Bring a, bring a neighbor with you or somebody. Have a plan. Have, yeah, a pl- have a it. plan. Have a plan. And for those that don't know, have a conversation with your employer. Mm-hmm. Most of them should have made arrangements with you, understanding what the situation may be like. But they are obligated, just like jury duty, to allow you, you to vote. vote. So some people may have to come in a little late. Some people may have to leave a little early. Right. But make that plan with your supervisor, with your manager, with your boss, with your directors. But have a plan, and please just don't, because um, not voting is still voting. Not voting is not an option. Let's say that it's not an option. <laughs> it's not an option, please, but 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 you get out there. But don't complain. Don't complain if you don't if you don't, if you don't participate. Yeah, so we, we we want you to get out there. We want you to be healthy. Most importantly, we want you to be healthy. Have your mask on. Yes, wear your mask. Yes. I don't know what part of the country you're in. It's getting cold. It's getting cold. So be ready. You know, like we was talking about in this episode, anxiety, depression, all these things, mental stability. You know, I know everybody is feeling um, this pressure during this election period. But Tuesday, let's do let's do our part and 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 get out the boat. And we'll let the rest take care of itself. That's right. Yes. So again, thank you again. Let's chit chat again next week. And um, thank you again. It's Let's Chit Chat Sis. I'm Chauncey. I'm Kenny. Take care.